So this week on The Spike, we decided to do things a little bit differently. I challenged Harry a couple of weeks ago about letting me put him in the hot seat. a LinkedIn post and the majority of the people have spoken. Harry, tell us a bit about who you are. This is weird being on the other side of this, but so uh, my name's Harry Porch. I'm the founder and managing director of HM Staffing, also normally the host of the Spike podcast, but today I'm the guest and you're the host, which is very strange. I set the business up when I was 20, which makes me the UK's youngest recruitment agency founder, which is a nice little title that we found out about early this year. Company's been going two and a half years now, and yeah, it's a bit about me. Cool. Okay. So what made you want to set up HM Staffing? Before I set up, I was part of another agency and I didn't really like certain things that the way they were done. And I felt like I could do something a bit different add to the space. There's a lot of positives I took away from the agency and a couple of negatives. Obviously, I don't want to reflect on that part too much. But we basically had the idea that we were going to do it. And then we had a few clients reach out and it just seemed like the right thing to do at that time. I could either go join another agency and take these clients with me or these are contracts and alone would cover costs. So I thought, right, well, why don't I just set up now? I've got nothing to lose, but everything to gain in this situation. So we just went for it and been a bit of a crazy journey so far. So obviously setting up your own business at any age can be quite difficult, probably facing lots of challenges. At your age of 20, when setting up, what would you say was your biggest challenge? A lot of people think it's age, but it's not because the age I set it up, everyone wasn't expecting anything from it. I think a lot of people just thought that it'd be something that lasted six months and and that would be it, especially in the space as such. And I think the age, actually, I use that as my biggest advantage, but I wouldn't say there's one disadvantage as such when it comes to the age point of view, because the experience is what a lot of people could say is, oh, someone else has got more experience, but that makes no difference, I don't think, in recruitment anyway, because it's the passion and how good you are at it. But I think the most difficult part is the actual sort of business side of things, like management, obviously not knowing anything about that and having to make mistakes as such to learn about these things. But I wouldn't have changed anything as well because the mistakes that we made, especially early on and at the start, has kind of shaped what we are now and how we run and everything like that. But it's, it's definitely having the right people around you so that if I didn't have the right people around me, that would be my biggest mistake. And I'm so grateful that I did have those people around me because the mistakes we made and we could sort of bounce back from. Okay. And obviously there's lots of recruitment agencies out there. Why would you say that HM staffing are any different? No pressure. (laughs) Fine. So it's the people in the business. It's as simple as that. Like yourself is a prime example. Recruitment is that personal relationship you have with a client and people deal with people in this industry. You're not going to use a recruiter you don't like just in any sales position. So the people in this business is what makes this business. And it is simple as that. I think the positivity we show as a team and the fact that we can actually have a laugh and relate to our clients compared to a lot of people, obviously a lot older in the space, they don't really have that relationship and we can be quite informal. I think, I think we both can admit that we're quite relaxed with, with with a lot of things. And that is what makes us different. It's it's the people in the business. 100%. It's not just me. It's not, Harry staffing. It's nothing like that at all. 
it's got to the point where it's gone past that. And what makes us different is that, and there's every single time I get asked that, it's straight away, people in the business. I think a lot of people try fight having a USP and, oh, what can our USP be? It's like, there's a recruitment bingo. I remember the guys at Audro sent us across a USP for recruitment bingo when they were doing our onboarding. And it was like the nine most common things. And it's like, oh, we have an extensive talent pool or we use our relationships, our blah, 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 or whatever it was. And I remember looking at them and I had used all nine of them. And I was like, right, I am every other agency. And then it got to that point. I think it was actually more recently is when I really realized this, when Lewis came on the podcast. Once I just said, everyone, I'm all in. There is no going back. There is no backup plan. Once I said that and I was in, things just start happening. People just start showing up in your life. You bump into the right people. You come across, it seems like pure chance, pure luck. You just happen to be at the bar next to this guy who happens to be this person. Those things happen. Law of attraction, positive energy and stuff like that. I believe that you make things happen, but you throw yourself in and you're all in and there is no way back. When Lewis came on and I think that realisation of, look, be yourself, people deal with you if they're you, they'll be invested in your story. I think that was a big realisation point and like, I stopped wearing shirts into the office every day. I stopped wearing jeans when I'm just sat there just on client meetings. Like, I think last week I wore a tracksuit every single day. Yeah, I wear a tracksuit every Friday. <laughs> yeah, but your tracksuit compared to my tracksuit yeah. is very different. I'll go all black. You'll come in wearing like a cream. Tie-dye pyjamas. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of a difference on that one. But it was the realisation of stop trying to be every other agency. Stop trying to be everyone else in the industry. Just be yourself and people will use you. If they like you, if they don't, they won't. And that was a really, really big realisation when Lewis came on and we spoke about it. And I've had a chat with him since about it. And spoke to him about websites and stuff like that, and it really made me realise what he was doing there and the point that he was speaking about. Actually, there was so much wisdom behind it. It wasn't just him saying, oh, I want to be able to be who I am and swear on podcasts and get away with it, which is what he does, and he does it very well. But it's the life lesson we learned from that was, I think it's really actually changed the scope of what and how we do things here. Yeah, okay. So I guess, obviously, being the biggest challenge then, going back to that, would probably be hiring the right people. Are you saying that because you're sat next to me? Because I am the right people. <laughs> yeah, you are You are one of the biggest challenges in the business. Yeah, 100% you are. Um, <laughs> it's not something that's a bad challenge as well. I think you can admit as well, you're probably one of the biggest personalities that anyone can ever meet in their life in a good way as well, not in a bad way. So it wouldn't change it for anything. But it is what makes us different is the personalities okay so this might rattle your brain a little bit but can you share a highlight or your favorite story in business so far not just in recruitment just from being a business owner and sort of your journey so far i think when i look back from a personal point of view it was i think it was the 12th of december last year which was when we turned two that was my favorite highlight we had a cake that i think if anyone goes on linkedin or or wherever they they always see it because it's my featured bit uh, we had a logo as the cake. We had everyone come in, obviously social distance, that's part of the team, or that might have been advised or given a bit of advice throughout that period. We had everyone come in and all had that cake and just sat in the office and just laughed about the last two years, really. And there's a few photos, I think, of like me, my mum, my dad uh, with the cake. And I look at those photos probably every day. Well, it's on my LinkedIn, so I have to see it every single day. As soon as I click my profile, it comes up. But I look back at those photos and it reminds me of why we're doing what we're doing. That's been my favourite thing personally. But more in a business way, I remember working with a client where we hired his first member of staff that managed to free his time up. So then he went to hire someone else. 
And that person generated sales. And then he had to hire another person off the back of it and watching a company grow. From us hiring great people into the business, that as well, I was reflecting it with Dave Davis the other day, who's our sales coach. And that made me realize as well, like, wow, we've actually had a really big impact on someone else's business career that we've managed to hire than people that have generated great sales and freed up his time, which made him more money and helped him grow his business. So it's between those two. From a personal point of view, it's the two years reflecting uh, and more of a business point of view. It's seeing our work impact people. Um, obviously, you do quite a bit of work in Uganda. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no. So I first went when I was 16. It's actually something I get asked quite a lot about, uh, about what, why I went there and, and what I do as such when I go there. And so I went when I was 16 with my old school and um, went for two weeks and volunteered at a children's home and we built a kitchen and, and stuff. That. I, I still see on CV library and read and we look over some CV databases, people that went on the trip that still talk about it. And I always forget about that I did that original trip. But after I did that, I went to, I moved out there for three months after I finished college when I didn't go to university. So yeah, I moved out there, volunteered for three months and made promises that I'd go back all the time. And then after we set up HM Staffing, it felt right to go try add value instead of just going. And we, we added value because I went and I, I take my mum with me and we go there and we volunteer at the children's home. We, we do nice things like that. We go around some of the schools. But now when we go there, there's that element of, we do CV workshops, we do uh, employability things, and we try to do these like, soft skill sessions as well, where we go there, we try to leave a bit of a positive impact. So I can remember we did the CV workshops, the one that always sticks out in my mind. We were in a room probably no bigger than this room here. Um, no window. Well, there was a window that wouldn't open. There was a goat outside just making noise the whole way through it, which was just driving me <laughs> mad because it was whenever I spoke. The goat decided to speak, is well, speak, make noise. But it was challenging, definitely, because it was like 40 degrees. And I was wearing, like, I, I normally there wearing, like, sh- like, vest and shorts. And they said I had to wear jeans and a shirt. And I was, like, dying. Like, Sweltering heat. Sweat here. dripping down and everything like that. And we did a CV. Everyone there walked away with like a really, really good CV. And we left them all some sort of HM like, goodies, like a bags and pens, notepads and stuff like that, uh, which they've actually got before you. So pretty funny uh, <laughs> when are you due to go back out there so we were due to go back september but that was last year but obviously covid happened and we had to delay that and uh, we kind of left it pretty open we have to do it when the children's home are on holidays but when the older kids aren't on holidays that we can still do the workshops there and still do all the positive things in that side but it's going to be now next year i'd imagine just because of everything that's happening at the moment but it's something that i really personally miss going back and doing just because you see, it's like going back to the Hen, it's not really similar, but it's like when we go back to the Henley College and we did do a few talks or yeah. we did some interview preparation with them there. It's very different being out there to how it is doing them here. A lot of people turn up to, like, we go into the lessons we did at, at the college. Like It wasn't like an optional thing. Like, we were there, they, they had to listen as such. But I think the shoots really gained from it, but out there we'd have queues for it. We'd have loads of people. I still get messages now sort of trying, people trying to book them in. Um, arguably the guy does message me at 3am asking about it because of the time difference I have told him that if he messages me again at 3am I will block his number because it keeps waking me up but the stuff out there is, is different to anything I've ever done before and it's one of the reasons why I love what I do so much is that I have the opportunity that I can go out there and do things like that and really try to have a positive impact on people's life not just here by doing the stuff we do 
with the college, but more going over there is just is, is crazy. The appreciation levels are yeah, I can imagine through yeah through the roof with it, and I don't think there's a better feeling knowing that when we hear back said, oh, the CV got me a job, or oh, it's changed my life now because now I can afford food for my family, and it's stuff like that. And when you hear it here, you don't really they're like yeah okay like you don't really not you don't believe it but it, it doesn't really have the impact and i think it's quite similar to in february and we did the every working day in february we did a free cv or workshop or, or whatever it was and to hear back from five or six people saying oh, i got a job off the back of it made you realize that okay right so this positive impact that from the stuff that we did is just crazy it's just crazy to hear about it and it makes it worth worthwhile what made you because i remember you come in one day <laughs> talking about you know having your own podcast what made you want to do that we've got a big thing we always have done in the business about giving back as such the podcast is never really about me it's why i never really speak about myself on it until you challenge me to do this and then it's okay fine it's completely switched the whole point of it but it was the whole thing of trying to give back a little bit. And I think that I'm quite lucky the network that I've got where I've got connections and I've got contacts with people that you might not normally be able to be contacted with. Um, I think Ben Rainey summed it up perfectly when he was on the show as well. Um, and I thought, right, well, the conversations that I have with people are always quite funny. They're always quite like, quite like high energy, positive. And I was like, well, why don't we just film these and put them out? Because if it impacts one or two people's lives, then that's amazing. Uh, and I know a few that Henley College has played it in lessons before now. And yeah, I've had messages now from all over saying about the positive impact it's had. And that was the main point. When we were reaching out to people originally, it was, oh, look, can you come on? We want to speak about some positivity. We want to spread that. Hear about your spike. What's your unique thing that makes you stand out? Because it's like interviews. We always say, oh, you've got to sell yourself. Okay, well, find out what's that one thing that you have that then makes you, you go into an interview and go, oh, well, my main thing is this. So that's where the whole idea of the spike came from. It's like, well, why don't we speak to these people? Like Tony Wormsley was a prime example from my sport background. What do you think your spike is? thought a bit about this and for a long period of time, and that's what attracted me to your show, was that there was actually the name and, and the focus. Because uh, he saw one of the podcasts, really liked it, and I was like, right, let's jump on Zoom, let's have a quick chat, and then... Then obviously he came on and there's some other guests that we're speaking to right now, which I'm really excited about. And it was just the whole thing of, right, let's just spread some positivity. It wasn't like a point of view of, oh, I want to do this personally. It was, okay, this could be a good laugh. Like I could have fun whilst doing this as well. And it could have a good impact on... Meeting new people and things like that. I'm just confused as to why I haven't been invited onto the spike yet. Yeah, maybe, maybe series two. Uh, maybe, maybe that can happen. Uh, I mean, you're on it now. Yeah, no, but, you know, interviewing me interviewing you uh god that would be an, uh, be an interesting one we need to book out a couple of hours so you mentioned season two yep. talk to us about that what have you got sort of in store so we spoke to a couple of people already who are quite keen on doing season two just because commitments right now it's difficult ben mentioned it he, like, when he's setting up his podcast you've got a lot of people that say yeah and no, i'm going to jump on it and then don't jump on it for whatever reason it can just be diaries or, or whatever as such and I'm hoping that the path and the things we're doing this year is going to expose us to more people that we can get on. I know I can't say too much about some of the guests already confirmed for it, but I'm excited. And some of them are fantastic people that can add a lot of value to two people, potentially yourself. We might we might throw in you. Cool. Buzzing. So you mentioned earlier about being on BBC Radio Essex, was it? The Sound. The sound. 
When was the last time what happened when you faced a bit of rejection or perhaps a failure? Well, in the industry that I work in recruitment, we get it daily. I think I've probably had about 20 or 30 today. And I've got to the point now where it might sound a bit ridiculous, but I kind of just laugh it off a little bit. What I realize is with it is if you have loads of options and you're not dependent on just one, then it doesn't actually hurt. We went on with Young Entrepreneurs of England, who is run by Laura Yo. So we got invited on to speak about rejection as a young entrepreneur. So we went, we jumped on that and it was more trying to spread a bit of awareness that look, you are going to face rejection. You are going to face challenges in time. And it's how you react to that and overcome that, which will really define who you are. That was my whole message about going on there. So yeah, no, that was really fun. That's something that we want to do a bit more of. We've had a few invites to do some more stuff, but diaries just haven't aligned so far. But yeah, no, that was really fun. And it was a massive Massive shout out to Laura, actually, from Young Entrepreneurs of England for the opportunity. Harry, advice for your 15-year-old self? I'd say especially if it was I was that age now, it'd be just throw yourself at everything. I think a prime example is like the TikTokers of this generation, like Ollie Ball, people like that have gone absolutely mad and are probably experiencing some unreal things right now just from throwing themselves at stuff. So it would just be have fun with it as well and just take every opportunity. You miss 100% of the opportunities that you don't take. You want to know who the next guest is on the spike? what's next is often the hardest decision for us now you know lockdown brought us so many different options hit follow and you'll find out first obviously the main purpose of the podcast is people spike so now i'm going to go on to i think i probably know what your spike is but could you please share with us what your spike is see i get asked this a lot now since starting this and i'm always like well what would it actually be and i think it would be my positivity I was like, I, hands down, I think it's that actually. I think in a lot of ways, I always see the positive in a lot of situations. I probably won't catch me being, it it sounds bad, but you probably won't catch me being too serious. I have to make a laugh and a joke out of everything. I think if you're going to do something, have a good time whilst doing it and you'll have good memories of it. I think I sort of watched a video the other day and it's like the only thing you actually own are your memories and your time. And the memories and time that I spend with people, I try and make it as positive as possible. Everyone has a laugh and they come away feeling good about themselves. I think that, hands down, is my spike. I don't think in a business environment you'll meet anyone or close to, about being big myself up too much, obviously, as positive. I, I, I hate negative situations. I hate stuff, anything like that. I, I have to turn everything to positive. Uh, positivity is, is the big thing for me, and it's one of the things you really need to buy in if you wanted to work at HM Staffing. I'm still, yeah, grasping that, the kind of 20-minute chats on the way to work before I've even sat down had a cup of tea <laughs> and you just want to yeah you, you you're very positive in the morning you know then people that are like morning people and then then people that are like want to have their cup of tea not chat to anyone for a bit i'm that person there's a lot of negativity everywhere you look everywhere you go there's negativity and it's just not something that i put up with to a certain degree i have to be positive i have to spread positivity if you're not doing that then what's the point if you're not going to spread positivity then you're just having a negative impact on a lot of people. But it's even like sometimes like you might find it like you're having a bit of like a, a down day and I'll just talk absolute rubbish at you for 20 minutes and you'll just be like, what are you going to even get on about? Okay, so when hiring, you know, people for HM staffing, what, what spike do you look for? I think there's, there's three things that I always look for. Uh, one, you, you've got to have a big personality. We're a lively team. There's nowhere to hide in the office. It's, you have to have a personality and add to the team with that. One of them, the other one is manners. It, this is so important to me. Like, say please, say thank you. I'm the first person 
If I hold the door for someone and they don't say thank you, I'll say thank you for them in that like sarcastic tone. Like oh, that 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 winds me up. When you're driving and someone doesn't say thank you, that as well drives me insane. Just just have manners. So that's one thing. And then the other one is it goes back to the positivity side, but it's just smile. Be positive. Don't come in trying to add negativity. Don't be miserable. Don't be moody. Obviously, I understand that everyone has days where they are like that. But don't come in and just take it out on other people. They, that's not the reason you're upset or that's not the reason you're in that negative mood. If you're coming in and being positive, you're being smiley, it's going to rub off on everyone. Everyone's going to have a better day for it. You're not mentioning university in there. I have an interesting relationship with university. I never went. I, I went to college and I... Sorry, you don't have... Sorry, what did you just say? Can you just repeat that for me, please? The part where you said you don't go to, you didn't go to university. So, do you think that's maybe why you've got such a strong stance on it because you didn't go? No, I don't. I don't think that's. Oh, you're... <laughs> there we go. Here we go. No, that's not really why. I I was at school. I was always. I wasn't naughty. It's a bit cheeky that I'd say that, and I probably think that anyone who meets me now could probably tell what I was like at school. Like when it was uh, religious studies, I was sat in the back on football manager. I wasn't listening. And I always had that difficult relationship with some certain teachers thinking like, especially ones that read from textbooks. I'm like, I could do this. I could read from a textbook. You're not really adding value. And I I never thought that I was going to use Pythagoras theory after I left school. Uh, Nothing like that. So it wasn't right for me. And I went to college and I studied business. And I I just knew that I didn't want to go to university because I didn't want to go into education again for three, four years when I could just leave straight away and get in sort of working environment. And my big thing about university is I don't get why people will feel the need that you have to have university, you have to have a degree. When I was speaking to someone about it the other day, they were like, oh, so someone has to have a degree to work here. I was like, okay, well, would you hire me? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have a degree. Yeah, I think it's becoming, so, so, yeah. And it's the thing of like, I don't get when I've seen recruiters before that, have studied geography, they've got a master's in geography, and then they go in recruitment. And that's the kind of university stuff that I'm, I've got a strong opinion of. I don't see the point of it. I'm not saying I don't see the point of university. I think that's what a lot of people took my post as, is I think that oh, university is a waste of time. I think it's what I did say in it at the start. There's a bit of a clickbait. Um, and I probably got the backlash off the clickbait, which is fair enough. But yeah, if, if you're going and studying medicine, if you're going and studying veterinary studies or whatever it is and I, I see the point of it but if, if you're going to go study geography for four years to go into a sales role then I don't see the point of it you might as well go start your career and I understand as well if you want to go to university for pressures or you know, stuff like that like, I, don't get me wrong I was tempted when I was at last agency to to leave and go to university but I had the realization after speaking to my old business teacher Claire that I would have dropped out after pressures I would have been that guy I would have gone for pressures and dropped out I didn't want to go. I wanted to go for a week for the partying. And that's the big thing. I think that's why I've got strong opinions on university as a whole is because I nearly made that mistake of dropping out of work to go there just to do that and then come back when it was just like my immature mindset saying, oh, well, let's do this because I'll have a good laugh for a couple of weeks when it would have been a really immature decision. I had a discussion about the debt side of it with someone else. Like, but is it really debt? I was like, yeah, it is. You have to pay it back. When someone's like, when someone's like, oh, but it's not really debt, though, is it? I'm like, mm, yeah, no, it is. it is. And running payroll for a company, you see that because it's a student loan, and you're, it's mine. It's a deduction. It's debt. Is the stupidest comment when someone's like, is it really debt? 
we spoke about it with, with Amon as well. And there's some great apprenticeships people as well. I think this is something that gets overlooked and people have a negative view on it. But you don't have to go to uni. And I think another reason why I've got strong opinions on it is because it's still this thing of you go to uni, if you don't go to uni, you, you don't succeed. And that is a big thing that a lot of people still think nowadays. And it's what I'm trying to change, that stigma and that opinion that if you go to university, you succeeded and you're intelligent. That's what I still see a lot of people say as if you didn't go to university, you're stupid. That's what I still see all over and I still hear people's opinions and that's why I won't shut up and stop talking about it until people change their opinion on that because for the people that didn't go to university and just knew that wasn't right for them, you shouldn't be seen as a negative look because you didn't do that. You should be able to see, right, okay, well, they actually knew that, know that wasn't right for them. They cracked on with their career and they've done really well for themselves. Oh, but they don't have a degree is what I always see it as and there's that stigma behind it, which is what I'm fighting to a certain degree to change. Well, I didn't go to uni and my personality is flames. So I think that depend, it depends on the company that you're going. I think things are changing now. And a lot of people for the, obviously we've worked with a couple of companies that don't care about degrees, don't care about, you know, where they got, but they, they check up on people's social media. So, you know, things have changed massively around that because when, like, when was it normal to look at someone's Facebook and Instagram and hiring them? I think that I'm the James Bond of social media stalking. I think, you have to be so careful what you put out now. And Twitter actually is a prime example of this as well as Instagram. So if you're going to be sharing stuff that is not, I won't say inappropriate as much, but it is inappropriate. Of, it could be anything from views. Obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion, but just be careful where you share it. Like if you think that, I don't know, like if you're there retweeting racist things and anything like that, and you have to also be careful what you put about yourself as well, because Say if you posted some really inappropriate stuff. For what example. would you deem as inappropriate? What my view on inappropriate is, is it's going to be different to someone else's view. And the thing about that is, I'm not saying is in my opinion inappropriate. Mine's more like if you're going to put stuff out like racist stuff or anything like that, or just something that's just not funny and just a bit off key, even putting stuff out there. But I know some clients, for example, that if they're hiring someone and they're just posting like naked photos or stuff like that across their Instagram and it's public account, that will put them off hiring the person because they'll think that's reflecting their business and what they don't want is they don't want their clients going on Instagram searching for that and then clicking and finding that. I personally don't think that somebody should be um, hired due to their social media image because I just think everyone's different, you know, on the outside. Like if I went into a client meeting, I'd be a completely different person to how I, what I am on a Saturday with my friends. I think you're seeing now with a lot of the social media stuff, you're seeing a lot of people losing their jobs from what they do on social media as well. So you bring the company into light and it's in every contract, employment contract that what about your social media and if you could bring the company into bad light and then people can get rid of you for it from a HR point of view. So I think you do have to be careful what you post. Like if you're going to go post stupid stuff about, or like videos of what you get up to and it's just like, could be like drug related for example it could be anything like that you have to be prepared for your employer to be a bit like well hang on we don't want someone representing the business in that way because you are an ambassador of the business do you know what I mean especially like you look at someone like a company how like we do things a lot of our stuff's LinkedIn a lot of our stuff's out there we put ourselves out there we get people invested into us as people and that makes sometimes people think that we're a lot closer with them than we are to a certain degree um, like there's some clients for example that we work with that I'd meet up for a drink with on a Saturday, Sunday, 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Phil Johnson, prime example of that. Love the man's bits. I, in that stuff from a working relationship and how we are, is made it now to more like a friendly thing and stuff like that. And that's when sometimes you could lose clients a little bit where if you post certain things that then they disagree with, where they're so invested in you. From what That's how we want it. We want people invested into us because that's when they use us and that's when we get really good relationships out of it. But from what you post on social media, you do get judged from people, especially it's a generational thing as well. People tend to not so... Feel like our age, for example, our generation wouldn't really judge it too much unless you're putting racist stuff out, for example. But someone in their 50s might still look at that and think, oh, you can't be posting stuff like that. That's really, really, really inappropriate. I get to a certain extent you have to conduct yourself in, in a way where it is also professional. But what about if you are interviewing somebody and all of their social media is private and then you hire them and you find out that they're nuts? Yeah, but it's a private camp. If it's private, it's private. That's what I'm saying. Like you have to be careful what you're putting out there. If, you're, if you've got a public account and people can easily search and find stuff about you, then you do have to be a bit careful of that. If you've got a private account and it's your friends and family, then that's obviously completely different. I think it's a big discussion that we have. It's something that I'm not too, I'm not, not bothered about. I search all the social medias. Clients are not going to want someone that's been retweeting stuff about the EDL and, and stuff like that and supporting that because that will then reflect on their company. Okay, fine. Well, oh, that company, they have people that do this and they'd have people that do that. And I think that's, the big yeah no com- completely agree with the racist situation i think if people are you know being racist it wouldn't be that that sort of person wouldn't be someone that you'd want to hire into your business but i do think the sort of partying the half naked photos that you mentioned you know that is your social media that's your platform that's up to you what you want to post no no no. and that, and that kind of stuff like i mean if i, I go out I, I put stuff up i'm not oblivious to all of that like, that's who i am that's what you are like and, and stuff like that as in, like the party, as in like the party and stuff, obviously. This is the big problem with social media. And a prime example, like whatever I get up to, I post, your family will know about it. Your brother follows me on Instagram. Yeah, big mistake. Yeah, well, I, I speak to brother on Instagram. So I mean, like, it, we'll, we'll speak about other Reddit matches, for example. And you're so easily contactable nowadays with stuff. And it is a positive and negative side of it. Like, it's so easy to contact people, which is great. For example, Alex, that was on last week, he's so easy to contact in a good way. Like he speaks a lot about mental health and there's a lot of work with men's mental health. And I just do think you just need to be careful about how you portray yourself across socials when it comes to hiring, because you hear about people all the time that loot don't get through in their dream job because what they're like. And people do need to stop judging people for what they do in their spare time. Don't get me wrong. I'm massive, massive on that. I don't judge people too much. But if you are going to post like pro EDL stuff, prime example, then you have to be prepared for that to come back. Yeah, I have to be prepared for the backlash. Yeah, no, I get that. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours, Harry? Career similar to mine is in recruitment or career similar to mine is in setting up a business, being young? Probably setting up a business, being young. No one is going to do the work for you. No one is going to put in the hours. No one is going to make the calls. No one is going to reach out to people. You might have people that will reach out to people for you, but at the end of the day, it is down to you. All, the, all this stuff, all the work and the hours, it's you're going to do it. No one's going to do it for you. And this is the big thing. I think a lot of people set a business up and they're expecting people to do things for them. They're not willing to go out there and graft and grind and make sure. But the graft and grind mindset as well is you don't need to work seven days a week. You don't need to work 20 hours a day. It's really toxic thing that a lot of people promote. And I've said this before. 
you don't need to be doing all that to be successful as such, which is what a lot of people do do say that, but you do have to put the hours in, you do have to grind, you do have to make the calls in like a sales environment, for example, and you do have to get out there, go networking, meet people, meet people in similar situations, find referral partners. And these are the things that once you develop those relationships, like referral partners are a prime example of that one. Once you develop that relationship, that person might pass you something once a month, prime example. And then that is something that you can't bank on as such, but you might be working on bringing some big contracts on and someone's then passing you a bit of work as well. You're in an ideal situation where you know you've got stuff coming in because of that, that person. So develop your relationships, focus on your network, build your network. Your network is you as well. Would you say that networking brings you most of your business? I'd say 50-50 split. I'd say networking does bring me a large chunk of the business where I am out a lot. I'm out there just constantly going to different events, meeting people. And it's, it comes back to the positivity. It comes back to what the spike is. I'll go to these events and I'll be positive. I'll have a laugh with people. And a lot of people go to these events being really, really serious and formal, whereas I'll be there cracking a joke. Um, like Dan, for example, someone I go networking with, I say he looks like Phil Mitchell most weeks. I always make sort of jokes about it, but ones that are still harmless enough that everyone laughs with, not at someone, is, is the key thing here. You don't want to be going to these events and doing stuff like that. But also I don't take myself too serious at them as well. If I mess up when I'm doing a speech, I just laugh off, don't start panicking and stuff like that. And networking has been a fantastic way, especially during COVID, jumping on Zoom and doing it instead uh, and having that support network, which has generated money for the business. I now have a support network that I know that I can call on and say, right, do you know someone that does this? Or do you know someone that does that? Or can you share this for me? And people will always do it because the net, the relationships we built through networking, I think it's such a big, big, big area for self-development as well as business. So finally, what is the best bit of advice someone has ever given you? There's a few different people that I always come that came to my mind when I thought about this question coming up because there's some people that have always given me really great advice over the last couple of years, business and personal. And I always think to stuff like my mum and dad have said, or there's another one that always sticks out when it comes to advice would be Phil Johnson, actually. Every time I call him, he just gives me a different bit of advice. I couldn't actually think of anything that any of them said. But I think it goes back to something that my mum always says to me, just like, be yourself. This is the biggest thing. If you be yourself and you go into a situation and someone doesn't like you or someone you don't win, then that's fine because that's all you can do you've been yourself if you go in there and pretend to be someone else and act like this different person and then if you don't actually get the business or people don't like you then they don't not like you they don't like this person you're pretending to be and it's it's the most daft thing when i think people obviously pretend to be someone they're not and it would just be that be yourself if people like you people like you if people don't like you that's not it's not your problem focus on the people that do and you'll be able to build great relationships off it I've got a question for you, actually, as this wouldn't be myself if I didn't ask you a question as just like you like talking about yourself. So I've got to give you yeah, a Yeah, go on, go for it. That. What attracted you to join HM Staffing? Good question. Apart from the fact that when I look through our um, history, when you obviously, when, you ignored, when I ignored you the first time round, um, <laughs> saying happy birthday. So obviously I thought, oh, that's quite nice saying happy birthday and I've just aired him I twice. I think I, I think probably resilience comes into, uh, yeah, obviously you, you tried to reach out to me a couple of times. I think I remember you sending me the job description of the role for, well, my role, and there was not one thing in there that I didn't like. And I, rem- I think I, I wrote back to you saying, this is probably one of the best job descriptions I've ever read, something along those lines. And it was much more about sort of like, not like, 
it, yeah, it was more along the lines of flexibility, you know, formal, whereas my background in recruitment has always been quite cutthroat. Like I've always had to, you know, not had to, but have to be in the office at like eight. If you leave at half six, you're leaving early when really my contracted hours are eight till 5.30. So it's very much like, you know, we're a much more flexible environment. But yeah, more about sort of the people, the environment, obviously not the fact that we can have dress down Fridays because every company does that, but um, it's free, uh, free tea and coffee. Tea and coffee. <laughs> Don't forget those amazing perks. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's more more sort of the relationship that we when I spoke to you on the phone in my interviews we were very similar characters I don't know whether that's got anything to do with age I guess it's a bit difficult I don't want to be ageist but I'm obviously five years older than you so I've never really had a boss that is you know younger than me so yeah I I guess probably we just got on really well uh, and I like the ethos of the company how it's just a lot more flexible you know if I I've worked for companies where if I'm running late or I have to take the cats to the vets, it's like I've actually killed my cat. It's you know asking for something like that, whereas you're quite flexible around just coming when you can, make up the hours. And I think that's how with COVID and everything that's happened, I think people are looking at working environments a lot closer now as to say, you know, you can do your job from home. If you need to leave to pick your kids up, you can go, you know, as long as you're making up the hours and your results are there, you don't need to be in the office from nine till six being watched and micromanaged because I just think that's really unattractive and I probably would never work for a company that promote that. It's a bit feisty, isn't it? What did you think I was going to say my spike was? I Well, I always say that your spike is, although sometimes... Not that I don't like it, but it's very different to mine is you are very chipper, like you are very happy and go lucky and positive. Whereas, you know, that's a really good thing to be. But sometimes when people aren't on that level, you're you're not... You're not very good at judging the mood. <laughs> so like if someone wants to like chill and they've like, you know, just woken up like me, um, it takes me a good hour to kickstart, you know, you are all go, go, go. And I'm just like, just want my cup of tea. Just want to chill out. Let's chat in a bit. 